Are you good? Yeah, I think so. I think All right. It. Yay. <laughs> Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker, and today uh, we are going to be talking uh, uh, in the couple of episodes prior to this one, we've talked about bullying, uh, had somebody, a social worker come on, and then uh, a young man who's been victim of bullying all of his life, and how he was able to overcome that. And today I'm bringing on a parent who is living that reality right now with her son being victim of bullying, both with children and with adults, especially in the school setting. And uh, just before I start, if you want to just like and follow and subscribe to whatever channel you're listening to this, <laughs> go ahead and we always welcome you to comment. This is how we can keep the conversation going. So make sure you talk to us. Don't be afraid to talk to Danielle. Just uh, say what you think, what your thoughts are, your experiences on the topic. So with all that little spiel, I'm going to introduce my guest. I am here today with Vicky Chartrand-Farak. And uh, thank you so much, Vicky, for, for coming on today. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, I know, Vicky, we, we've known each other for quite a few years, so uh, we are both with kids at heart. So this should be a, an interesting interview. Might not, be a very, <laughs> might not be a very formal one, but thank you so much. And before we get started in the questions and, and your reality, can you tell us a little bit about your story, uh, just to explain a little bit uh, your background and your story? Oh, about the bullying? Yes. For, uh, yeah. for my son? Yes. Um, it's been ongoing since uh, for a couple of years, but the recent one was um, just two days into the new school year. It hasn't just it just started, and he was uh, a victim of bullying. This uh, a few people called him like stupid, you're an idiot, and you're weird and stuff like that. And then he was uh, being laughed at by the choice of clothes that he was wearing. So the whole week, the first week of school, he's been pretty much crying every single day. Like he, he was already dreading going to school. And now this on top of that made it even worse. So that was the first, like on the second day, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. And this is just for this year. I mean, it's been going on before that as well. So uh, that is a reality for many children who, where we think a kid should enjoy school. They should be happy to be there there see their friends but for some people it's 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 almost traumatizing to think what's going to happen this time you know what am I doing wrong or you know what you know, when we're talking about clothes here where people are a bit more open about what they wear and you know and they're still getting teased on on that and it's uh it's kind of can't believe it's still happening type of thing <laughs> that's what's yeah, yeah. And it's like that it's like that every year yeah. yeah, every year. Now he's starting to realize he's a, he's different compared to everybody else because he he's having the supporters full time. So he's trying to ask me questions like, why am I so different? Am I that mean of a person? I'm like, no, you're not mean. You're different. Nobody understands you the way that you are. Yeah. And that's so hard. And he is at that age because when they're younger they don't really notice everybody's kind of doing their thing, but as they get older, they start to, to realize that they're being singled out. And a, a child is a child, no matter what, uh, whatever, no matter what tag they were given, uh, they're a child. They just wanted to be 
liked. They just want their friends to like them. They want the adults to like them. And so that nothing changes there. And, and it's hard when you don't get that as a child. So what, what would you say, when did you start noticing um, that he was a victim of bullying? Like it was a continuous thing, not just a, a one-off thing. Uh, the way he was acting, like it would be, it, it would start every morning to to be more difficult to bring him to school. Uh, he would like walk to school with his head down, with tears coming down, or he would place himself like in a corner while everybody else playing together. And he's, you could tell, you just he did he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And then at nighttime, where like that bedtime, that's where the story comes. Well, today this person told you know told me I was stupid, and I was there once with um uh with school with a school activity. Like I was part of a group, and I had to take care of kids. And two kids just came and pointed and said, "You're dumb." And I'm like, "Well, can you not be nice?" Well, yeah. he's so different and he does this kind of thing. And I'm like, so what? So he does the same kind of things that you do, but in a different way. Yeah. But I was right there and the, like, we're all like, wow, kids are so mean lately. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that as adults, it actually makes us cringe. You're just like, oh, did that just really happen? Yeah. And, and. That we've talked about that in a previous episodes where adults just don't know what to do anymore. It's, it's kind of, there's no, uh, it's, it's not working. Whatever it is that we're trying to do is simply not working. And, and there's so many adults out there who want to help, but they're just overwhelmed with it. So yeah, the kids are just no filter. So it's like, yeah, this is yeah. you know, they know they're talking to the mother. You know, we used to be afraid of parents. <laughs> now we're not afraid of parents. Yeah. Um, and it's good that you mentioned that, that you're at, actually at the school. It's happening. It's right there. And what would you say? And I'm glad that you mentioned the how he was reacting because a lot of the times the kids won't say that that's what's happening at school they just kind of internalize it and then it manifests and physically like you said it, it just keeps himself mm -hmm. it stays very quiet so it's good for parents to recognize those signs and what would you say um what would would you need to get from the school at at this point, what would you really, as a parent who's living it and seeing it in his, in, in your child every day, what do you, what would, what do you need from the school at this point to, to be able to help? I think uh, teaching like the classroom, how like Benjamin is like, yeah, he's autistic and now has OCD, but just teaching the, the kids the difference. Well, autism is this, you may mm -hmm. like or like OCD is this type, how can we help him be like, you know, functional or mm -hmm. just have friends or because yeah. they don't teach that. They, they assume everybody's the same, but it, they're not. Yeah. And that's a big thing that I, I, I fight for is we can't fit all these children in a one box, even if they don't have a diagnosis. Every child is different. And yeah. We need to, we work so much on trying to integrate or include one child into the group. We forget that we need to sensitize the entire group to the needs mm -hmm. to say, well, you know, is it, does it really matter if the water bottle, you know, they could tell the kids the water bottle just needs to be there. 
don't touch it. Yeah. Just leave it there. That's all it is. They, and, and kids would move on. But if we try to tiptoe around it, kids notice it. And then they, they get even more uh, curious about why this person is so different. And, and I don't we think t- that, the, yeah. And the, I don't think the teachers wants to be implicated. Like mm-hmm. there's the difference between recess and inside school. Like inside school, you have to be quiet and you have to pay attention to the teacher. While recess, it's kids will be kids. Like who cares? Yeah, that's true. It's just, it's just let it like, <laughs> yeah, blow off some steam. But yeah, there's you're right. There's also that overwhelming of you know, there's all this like hundreds of kids in one schoolyard all of a sudden. So let's just let them fend for themselves. But for a child like like Ben, it's just you still need to have that structure, and it's really not that complicated to put something in a place that'll save you. The way I see it is. The amount of time you spend on a meltdown to, to kind of diffuse the meltdown, there's a lot more energy into that than putting in something into place that will actually work with the child. And it's, it works with the entire class, not just like with that one child. Mm-hmm. That makes a big difference. Um, you mentioned earlier that Ben notices it now because he's older. So they do realize that they're, they're not only are the children being told that they're different, but they do feel it. They, they know, but now they have the words for it. What, what effect does that have on Ben now? Do you notice from, let's say, when he was in grade one or kindergarten to now? Uh, uh, what effect does it have on him? I think he's kind of like embarrassed a little, like he's asking me a question, like, do they think they know I can't write or what do they think they know I can't do something or like self-esteem wise at school, especially that they know that like they're pinpointing him, like you can't even do a line, a straight line, like he can't write. So he needs the computer and assistance and all that stuff. So just laughing at him, trying his best, makes him not want to try anymore, right? Right. You're right. And you, I like what you just said, that, that he needs the computer, that there's people, and not just for autism, but for other uh, conditions, that they will never be able to write the traditional way. Or we, we were talking about cursive earlier, and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we wouldn't ask a child that's in a wheelchair, we would never ask them to say, well, just get up and walk, like, you know. This is the same thing. He will never be able, he will never write the way that the school is expecting him to write. So why is it so hard to to have that computer? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with behavior. You won't take a wheelchair away from a a person with bad like behavior or not listening. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just because you think that they're just doing that to make your life miserable. And so, yeah, (laughs) you don't take the tools away from a child who needs those tools. That's basically the message. And unfortunately, it's a message that you have to replay every school year. And yeah. it's, it's exhausting. It's got to be exhausting just to, to, to think about having to retell the story, re-explain yourself. Yeah, and, it's uh, a lot of emails I, and talk with the director and like they should know him already. Mm-hmm. That's the thing they should are because you you've had a plan from from the beginning even before they started kindergarten there was a yeah. a learning plan with specialists that do this for a living and and the school just kind of tosses that aside and said oh no we'll do it our way it's going to work and it, it doesn't <laughs> <That's> a, yeah <laughs> yeah and I 
and I'm saying this because I worked on both sides of it as a parent and as a, as a teacher as well. And I'm not saying that all teachers and all schools don't want to help. A lot of them do. So I just want to put that message out there to the Bistlers. We're not bashing teachers. We're not bashing the schools in a sense. A lot, you know, everybody wants to help. They're just overwhelmed with it. But just the to stop resisting this. Well, I've always taught my class this way. Well, we always ran the school this way. And it doesn't work. You need to be able to uh, to move things around for a child that does need it. It saves yeah. time in the end. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot about what's going on with, with your son, but how, because you have a, an older daughter, uh, and how does that impact? They go to the same school. And a lot of the times the siblings kind of either take a back seat because there's a lot of attention on, on the child that needs a bit more attention or, you know, they get caught up in, in this bullying stuff. You know, what do I do? I want to fit in with my friends, but I want to protect my brother, too. So how does how does she take that? Uh, she's very verbal, <laughs> so <laughs> but she has a lot of friends too. She's very social, you know, social. Yeah. So uh, when they're in recess and she actually sees like bullying and stuff, she will. And there's no teacher around, so that actually happened. Uh, she will go and stop it. And I told her, I'm like, I love you. Uh, I just, I want you to remain a kid. So just go and play. And it's to the adults to to fix that problem, not for kids to take the job of, mm-hmm. you know, a teacher. But it, it hurts her feelings to, to know that, uh, you know, my son is being bullied. So what she's done is she actually got the same outfit as him just to yeah. tell him your your creativity is great just keep being yourself and she walked in and she's like hey look at us like you know yeah yeah. I love that I saw that when you posted the picture and they were matching outfits and I was like oh this is so beautiful just to just I like the fact that she's strong yeah 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 Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. That's what she is strong. <laughs> she like it made me laugh when for those who are listening, I've known the children for quite a few years, so I, I see the the personalities and yeah, you wouldn't want to mess with the big sister. <laughs> she, will, <laughs> she will put you back in your place, <laughs> and I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. How do you find and manage your time between the two? Because I know, you know, Ben will take a little bit more time sometimes or you want to make sure he's okay. How do you or how are you able to? I know the answer, but if you could tell the audience how you 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 have managed to share that time between the two. Well, I have my special bonding time with uh, with Ben and then I have my special bonding time with uh, Amy. Like we do martial arts together and uh, that's my time. Also, like I have my own personal class too. So that's where I release all my like oh, my problems. And yeah. and for Ben, we have his own special activity and it's it's yeah. great. I love it. I love to having to, to, to do the both. Yeah, and it's important just to give them each their time as well. Sometimes parents are overwhelmed. That's the message kind of want to send out there for parents who are living through it that it's important to uh, you, you'll feel guilty that the the, the you know, one of them is kind of always on the back burner. Almost it feels like, it, and it's that you can make that time. That was, and I'm glad you mentioned the your time, your martial arts time, because. As a parent, you know, they always say you do need to take care of yourself. You need to recharge your battery to be able to show up fully for your child. So what do you do? What do you need? Or, you know, how did you get to being able to say, okay, I need that time for myself. I need to recharge so that I can be there for my kids. 
what do I do? I, I go twice yeah. a week. I have to. That's my time. Yeah. I like yeah. how you said then, that. I have to. It's not like, oh, oh I yeah. Like, well, I'm, this I, is, I, that's not our mental focus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just like some people will take like a few minutes to read or take a bath or whatever. Me, it's going to my class. Yeah. It's just this hit a beanbag for a while and kick, kick some air and get it all out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It shows up differently for everybody where you just have to find, if you don't know what your thing is, try different things and you'll eventually find the one thing that, uh, for you, it was martial arts. And, uh, yeah, and just get wet. <laughs> yep. It started yeah. with the with my daughter. She just asked me one day, could you please do it with me? I don't want to do it by myself. And I actually love the class. And we do two separate classes. When she's done, she does her own thing. And then I get my personal time. Mm. So it's great. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of support do you find that parents need a lot for parents who have uh, children that, you know, that are neurodivergent or that, that learn differently. Um, what support is still needed out there? A lot. There's not a lot out there that we can actually find. Like mm-hmm. if parents are having to do it on their own. Like doctors don't really know where to direct us to go. Yeah. Um, and Chio nowadays, well, it's a disaster. Like there, you can't just get in there. It's so there, I I've, I know of a lot of groups on Facebook for support, so that's a good thing. But like, I, we need activities. There's no like activities just for them. It's great to go for like a summer camp or something, but it's they're not. Uh, they don't know about those kind of, you know, kids. They they're not trained for it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to to juggle that like we need activities. We need like more like research and fundings and all that stuff. Yeah. There's there's not a lot out there. That is so true. And you, you touched on something very important here. A lot of parents will think automatically they'll be given resources or that the doctors will know, you know, if you go see the family doctor, you get a diagnosis or any kind of, of news that they will direct you to the right place, but you are left on your own so don't give up you do need to end those groups help because you just say okay can somebody help me with this and so many people are willing to help because they've had to fight alone they are more than willing to help so for parents out there uh don't hesitate Mm -hmm. to ask because there's a lot of people who will help you you feel alone i i know you you must have felt the same you feel alone as a parent when you're going through this when you reach out to groups who are living it with you that all of a sudden you're like oh okay um, it's not just me everybody's yeah yeah and there's a lot also like a bullying as a parent like when you have uh, like a little kid like that that parent Mm -hmm. that a lot of adults are going to be like well please raise your kid better or it's not his like it's not their fault we're trying our best (laughs) you know yeah Yeah. and every day is different so you gotta start you know it's yeah it's, it's there's a lot of still of work there as a parent to see if you see a, a child having a meltdown at, at a park before you start judging start to wonder like what can I do to help instead of well you know fend, fend for yourself or yeah it's it's not easy yeah um what would you say because you lived it so that's why I like to ask that 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 question is for parents who sus 
who think that maybe their child would be a victim of bullying at school, um, what kind of advice would you give them to say, okay, I think I am, I don't know what to do. I think my child is being bullied at school, but it won't talk, you know, that kind of thing. What, what advice would you give them? Um, uh, well, I, I can, I can tell you what I've done. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually went to school earlier and see how, um, how the teachers and uh, the recess uh, happens. Like I would either drive by, like it's not like stalking, it's just I want more information, <laughs> right? So I, I would drive by and see, or you walk in like the, you know, you just observe how the, how the reaction of your kid is going. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can, act, well now, before the pandemic, you could actually go in the school and early, and see how like you look inside the class and see how it goes. Now with yeah. the pandemic, you can't do that anymore, but now it's restarting. So that's a good thing. Like now we can yeah. officially go in the school. So Yahoo. But uh, <laughs> after like, <laughs> uh, after school, like uh, I would ask him like, how was your day? Did you have a fun day? And if he automatically says no, and then, well, what happened? And then you can like read between the lines and when someone like tells you this person and the whole school knows that person, then you kind of know like, well, yeah. Yeah. Right. He's being like, they're being bullied by that type of person, you know, or that person alone. But it's a lot of, uh, like I would take my son for a walk and say like to do his thing. And then eventually the stories would come out when he feels comfortable. That's what mm-hmm. I would do. But I would I would go in the school. I would walk around the re- like the gates of the recess just to observe. That's what I've done. Yeah. I like how you said that. It's not stalking. I'm just observing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. No, but it's necessary sometimes because the, the children are not going to fall out stay on the first question. Like, is everything okay? Yeah. You know, whatever. You know, that's what you get. So you do need to give it a bit of time and ask different questions. Uh, that yeah. that's not necessarily how was your day? Did anything happen? Yeah. That, but just ask questions that leave it open. It's not just a yes or no answer. And you'll get yeah. to it. Yeah. With um, your experiences with all of this uh, and everything that you go through and you, you see your children go through, what kind of wisdom do you want to pass on to your kids? Like, what kind of to make life easier for them when they're adults what values or what message do you're like I want to make sure my kids know that it's okay for this or you know that uh, I want to make sure that life is easier for them uh I tell well my son's having more difficulty understanding that part yet but for like my daughter I try to to tell her to just remain who you are like never to change for somebody like if you're happy with yourself then that's like you value yourself that's number one and then never be afraid to raise your voice for like anything if you don't Mm -hmm. like something just go see someone for help or never to be afraid to speak yeah Oh, that's a beautiful message to give our children. Yeah, speak up. You have a voice. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, what message do teachers in school need to hear from a parent who lives it every day? That's Because uh, the schools are kind of caught up in their own tornado. Uh, what message do you think the parents, uh, that uh, the teachers and the schools need to hear to make things better for the, for the students? To listen to what they're saying. <laughs> 
the they they want they like my son is trying to verbalize what he's feeling and I don't have time. Well, just take the time to just listen to what they're saying. Value yeah. their words or what they're saying and then it might help you. Yeah, and it saves time in the end cuz yeah, you've addressed it right away instead of dragging it all year. Yeah. Yeah, so like I know they're so. <laughs> yeah, I know they're so busy and stuff, but just that one or two minutes could save like a whole day or a week. Yeah, yeah, and that's true, and that's something that I think it's not just the teachers that, because the teachers are just surviving, but uh, you know the lawmakers and the decision makers need to understand that that there's something that needs to be done, and the this teachers need the those extra two minutes to be able mm -hmm. to, to take those two extra minutes. So things really do need to change. Yeah. Yeah. I know they need a lot of support that they don't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's also an so, issue. Yeah. You said that earlier too, that mm -hmm. a lot of, even if for camps or, you know, um, after school activities, a lot of people are not aware. They don't even know what the condition could be. So they don't know how to mm -hmm. react. There's a lot of them, uh, you can't intervene the same way that you would with a, a neurotypical child. So, because you could actually trigger a, a meltdown or a breakdown. So those are just little things that are important to know when you're going in. And just to know that that's just the way the child is. You can't make them follow everybody else. They're not wired that way. So let's not, you know, I say, yep. say you can't, put an Atari game into it, a, a PS4, it's just not gonna work, you know, so, so, so try to, the, the, the operating system is not the same, so let's try not to, to run the, those programs, but yeah, um, I want to thank you so much, because you, you've given us a lot, and I just like the fact, because you come in so authentically, and you're just like, this is the reality that's not easy, and you always show up with a smile, you <laughs> For the listeners who sound as like, she's so peppy and this and this. And when you know everything that goes through, that the parent goes through, it's always amazing to see that somebody will show up with a smile and, you know, giggling and cracking jokes. It's not easy. And, and it's just an inspiration for any parent that's going through it silently right now to know that there's a way to keep smiling oh, yeah. and, and to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. There's always I, a way. There's always a way you just have to find your way. And that's the, that's the harder part, but yeah, it does, it does happen. And you just reach out and help. And I always ask a question at the end of an interview is the promise I made a nine-year-old girl a few years ago that I would ask everybody because she was always asked that question. And so my question to you is, what do you want to be when you grow up? What I wanted to be? Oh my gosh. I wanted to no, be no, a no. movie. What, oh, no, you could say that, but what do you, like now, what would you like to oh, be? Now. But I want to, I want to hear what you wanted to be. That I want to hear. So oh. share. Okay. I want, <laughs> I wanted to be a movie producer. That's what I wanted to be. <gasps> that is so cool. Oh, that is so yeah. cool. Yeah. Like now, I, I, like now no, what no. I wanted to, oh, uh, before? Like the yeah, movie yeah, producer? I keep, I keep coding. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I wanted. I, tr <laughs> I tried it too. I did the Rogers television for like two, three years. I did the camera person. I did the the sound nice. technician and all that. So that was fantastic, but it just, it didn't happen. So that's okay. That's okay. So what do you want to be now? What do you want to do now? <laughs> now? 
I would love to own my own little like um job, like be my own boss. That's what mm -hmm. I would love. But to concentrate on like the kids, I want to create a place where it's a safe place and a fun place. And at the same time, build my daughter's dreams, like it would all connect at the same time. So that's what I'm working yeah. on. Oh, that's amazing. That's exciting. Oh, I love that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you so much, Vicky, for coming on. Is there anything else, anything else you'd like to, to add just to say that, that could help uh, parents or teachers? I don't know. You've said quite a bit, but just before we go, is there anything else that oh. comes to mind? No. No, no that was it. Just, yeah, don't give up. And yep. <laughs> That's good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good, exactly. So thank you again and for everybody who is listening. Uh, again, share your comments, share your stories. We need to get those stories out there to make things easier for the parents, make it easier for the schools and the children, most importantly. And like you said, don't give up. Like Vicky said, don't give up. There's a lot. There is support out there. You're just at this particular moment. You're kind of on your own to find it. So always reach out. We can help you. And uh, until then, stay safe, stay awesome, and we will talk soon.